You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, so let me ask you a question. When you eat, does your nose run? No, but I have to go poop pretty quickly. We all, these have, are, these we are all the, have to go poop. These are the before... No, as soon as I eat. You don't listen to this topic very well. But we were just talking about your runny nose immediately upon eating and my having to go poo almost immediately after eating every anything I eat. I get a runny nose when I eat. And it doesn't matter what I eat. Because I, I always thought, oh, that's, perhaps it's because I'm eating something spicy or... Your tea and cookies never makes your nose run, though. I notice. Cup of tea doesn't. No. Your breakfast, your toast doesn't. Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah. It does. Particularly bad in the mornings, to be honest. I think you have more snot in your So head. you looked that up and what was the answer? It's some kind of disease, they say. It's not a disease. But it's something, like a condition, that you can get cured. It's to do with some kind of flap in your head that lets mucus down your throat. Uh, the sense the temperature of the food can make cause it to go weird and let more snot out of your nose. Than I would think it's more like you know allergies cause runny nose, so maybe you've got an immune system that's just so hypersensitive to anything going in that even when you're eating something that you're not overtly allergic to, there might be one little tiny element in there that just triggers your immune response. This is me, Doctor Doctor Sid Talk. <laughs> That to me would be the why the flap opens. Flap. And the other the other flap we're talking about is having to take a shit very soon after having eaten anything. We looked. I looked it up. Doctor Oz had an answer for a lady. Didn't really answer her question, but did have a quick little bit of information for people. If your poop doesn't float, I mean, if your poop does float, it means you're not absorbing fat as much in your diet as you should be. There's no possibly. fat in your poo. No, it means there's too much fat in your poo if it floats. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, didn't really answer the question of having to poo right after, so I'm thinking a later episode he might revisit it, but... He was really just telling her that was fine, so long as there's nothing... So long as you've always done that. Well, no, he didn't answer her question at all. He's going to test her, he said, right. and then find out. But, it's just funny little things that you talk about that, uh... I, my, one of my very best and dearest friends from my whole life told me a story. She has a very similar, she has the exact same thing as me. We're the same age, two weeks apart. And she had a very funny story about an incident where went to a restaurant, her husband and she, and they live out in the country and you can sort of figure out the, I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm just saying piece it together. There's a. Uh, a quick hunt in the glove compartment of the truck for napkins. Oh, I've heard this that way. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Especially when you know the person. Then, then it all comes into your mind. Oh, honey, yeah. I could tell you so many gross stories about me. You wouldn't be married to me anymore. Please don't. Thank You're you. very sensitive. So, um, it is Saturday, September the 29th, 2012. This is After the Show, the movie podcast, number 243. Uh, this week, we are going to be looking at the movie Dark Shadows. It's a Blu-ray release, 2012 movie. Released on Blu-ray... This coming Tuesday, you can pick it up on the 2nd of October in North America. It's um, PG-13. There is no tagline, actually, to this movie. Um, But it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid Talk is going to give you a synopsis of the movie. 
It is about a 200-year-old, 200-plus-year-old vampire who's cursed by a woman who loved him and he didn't love her back. And he's come back to the 70s uh, to rebuild his the family, who's supposed to be some sort of fancy rich family, and sort of build their name back up. And there's lots of little elements going on here. Fish out of water, man out of time, um, you know, greed, unrequited love, the... Blah, whatever. It's a little bit uh, Austin Powers-ish, because if you think of the, you know... Oh, that could have been one of my recommendations. That's a good one. I think I'll add that. And it's, <laughs> and it's based on the soap opera slash... Yeah, I mean, that's not really the story, but yeah. Well, uh, just to clarify here, it's uh, based on a... Is it the 70s or the 60s? No, it started in the 50s. The 50s. There was a soap opera, gothic soap opera it was called, and it was on ABC. It was called Dark Shadows. ABC, and it was called Dark Shadows, and it ran... It's the one of the longest... one. Well, not the longest running, but one of the franchises, whatever you want to call it, with the most episodes in existence. There's more episodes of Dark Shadows than there is Doctor Who, for instance. Right. So it's... um. I'm not going to say popular. It was probably popular at the time because I haven't actually heard of it until a couple of days ago when I started doing some research. I've heard of it, but I never ever I, watched it. To me, I, I just I heard somebody say it was based on a TV show, and I was like, "Well, it's not a TV show I know of." And then when I looked into it, I understood. Oh, really? This was kind of a big deal right back then. But there's also a 1991 making a of remake, it, yeah. starring Ben Cross and yeah. Joanna Going. Yep. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Correct. From Batman. Right. So, and that didn't do very well, in it? Was it a movie movie or a TV movie? TV show. A uh, soap opera. No. The 1991 thing. Yeah, it was a it was a soap opera also, wasn't it? Like a TV, ABC show that came out. Oh, season one, 1991. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. didn't do very well. It um, won an Emmy Award and got six nominations. But never got picked up again. Right, yeah. I guess that, that doesn't buy you seasons, does it? No. So, um, Dark Shadows, the actual movie we're looking at today, is the new, the last film Tim Burton made. He's just about to bring the new one out, Frankenweenie. Um, so, Sid Tart, you could go first. What do you think of Tim Burton's new Dark Shadows? I had a good time. I will say that. I enjoyed a lot of individual elements a lot because I love weirdness. I love the darkness. However, <laughs> as a whole, it it didn't do much for me. I didn't I actually and I I I bet if you listened to all 243 of these episodes of our podcast and somehow had recorded every conversation I've ever had about movies in my whole life. You will not. You will find on one hand probably the number of times I say I got a little bored at times because I just don't. I find things, and this got me a little. I was a little like, okay, enough with the shtick and enough with the uh, and I don't like feeling that way about something I'm liking. Like there were just moments when I didn't feel it. The the werewolf part was a little stupid and things like that. I just, and the whole teenage girl thing was just really lame to me. And, but in terms of like the combination of this old school vampire guy, Nosferatu ish type, old, old school, early 1910s and 20s vampire 
esque guy. It's totally white and pale with the long weird fingers. I love that. And I love that it's Johnny Depp and I'm just, I'm eating it up. You know what I mean? Because he speaks out of time and out of time. I mean, like he doesn't, he doesn't all of a sudden speak like someone in the 70s. He continues to speak as if he were in some novel. From it's very the, similar to the way Thor speaks in the movie Thor. He's speaking like he's still well, in Asgard. Well, Thor kind of gave it up, though. He lost it. And but when he does like do it, it's kind of a... Right, but this guy, he thing. just stays with it the entire time. I really like that. It's just that there were some moments when I felt like, Mr. Burton, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, it doesn't... It's... You've had such, this was gold and that was crap and that was gold and that was silver and that was crap and it's like it was in a roller coaster. Then. Now what I say is, um, when it started, and I think it was one of the best opening sequences I've seen from Tim Burton and from films in general. Uh, they play Nights in White Satin while the car is uh, drive uh, the train and the car. It's like a journey to Collinswood, mm-hmm. um, Collinsport, Collinsport with Nights in White Satin playing over the top. And it's got this muted 70s feel. And it's beautiful photography. And it was just... I got really into it, like, immediately, you know? And that also, the, there's a preface to that, which mm-hmm. is a uh, kind of a classic Tim Burton... Almost like a Tim Burton short yeah, movie. Yeah, and see, that little bit was so... I loved it. It's and very then, Tim Burton, And then old it was like, school. snap of the finger, it kind of got cheap. And then I didn't like that bit, but it's a, a combination from, no, from moment that, to moment. I love the opening. Like, the first ten yeah. minutes, I really love I, I wanted I the whole told. movie to be that kind of vibe. It's actually not... Um, the, if you watch the first ten minutes up to the end of the song, Nights in White Satin, it also is not hokey in any way. It's, it's very gothic and uh, timber and dark stuff. Reminds me a bit of, like, The Corpse Bride, that kind of vibe, right? And then it kind of takes this comedy tone all of a sudden. So to me, then it starts to... Okay, I, I can buy that too. There's something... I, I don't know this TV show. Maybe it was funny. Maybe it wasn't. Apparently it wasn't. It was played Mm-mm. seriously. But then you've got enough Tim Burton stuff, which I like, in here. Because, I mean, this is an expensive-looking movie to me. It's like the sets are amazing. It looks great all the time. Um... But yeah, it's completely... I like the first two acts of this movie. I thought the third act was typical Hollywood. How do we finish this story? Yeah, exactly. Let's have a fight. And and not to spoil it, but that's how a lot of movies end nowadays. You Um, did spoil it then. (laughs) There's a a fight. I didn't say who. There's a fight, right? But it's the very typical, like... To me, it feels like, how do we end this? Yeah. Yeah. Do we carry on being funny, or do we go action, or what? Like, and and they go action, and it it fell out of place. Like Absolutely. the last bit of it. That's so, what I'm saying. It just it has like oh, it's good, it's good. Oh, why do they do that? Oh, it's good, it's yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, why do they do it that? It does have that. I had and, it over and over. And a lot of the funny parts I liked, and it was fish out of water. You know, a, a vam- an old vampire in the in the seventies, which is funny to start. This the concept of it's funny. I mean, it'd be funny. I didn't find that funny. I found it to be really boring. So I found it. I found it hilarious when he. My favorite part of the whole movie is where he's trying to kill the TV because <laughs> he sees um, Karen, Carpenter. Karen Carpenter on the TV. And what does he call her? Tiny. No. Songstress. Miniature songstress. Yeah, tiny songstress. You're right. And he's like, and he's smashing the back of the TV and trying to get her out of the TV. 
because he's like absolutely you know I, I really love that part and I did like some of the Johnny Depp kind of funniness and I like the movie it's a funny thing because I liked the movie I liked Tim Burton movies and mm-hmm. I liked it In, overall I liked it but you're right there's some but so you take the opposite of me. Overall, you like it. Yeah, I do. But individually, there were things you didn't like. I like individual things. And overall, as I look back on it, I just want it to be better or I, different. See, I love a bit of action. But that last third of the movie where it does turn to that. If they'd revealed the... I would have uh, not liked that the, like, Yeah? The glass element or whatever. If they'd revealed that throughout the movie, that would have been fantastic. Because it was, I was like, I was like, oh, that's so amazing. But I would like that to have been sort of fed to us and as an element of that character throughout. That would have added a whole new dimension to her, literally a whole new aspect to her that I would be more interested in her. You know, when we watch, we watch True Even Blood. Though I love the actress lady. We watch True Blood, and uh, we often say, well, it's, well, almost every episode. I like it, but it's super hokey all the time. Yeah. Like it, like you're like, oh my god! And there's things they do in True Blood where you're rolling your eyes, going, "You thought this was a good idea? It's terrible." This is what this movie's like. It has these horrible. It sometimes it wants to be really serious. Exactly. Sometimes it wants to be really funny, like Austin Powers funny, like silly, silly funny. Yep. Then sometimes it wants to be very sinister, like uh, with the baddie. Yep. And and and. Or incidents where he is a buddy, or yeah. like a buddy, because he is a buddy. Uh, he's a vampire, right? And then, but he's like a charming vampire. And We're chapping into that same thing that we talked about with Lola versus a whole different concept, but the exact same little kernel of problem is: you need to commit to be something. Either be a really dark version of the story, be a really hokey Austin Powers type story, or play it like a drama of as as a you know as true blood tries like true blood does it doesn't it knows take it's itself silly. exactly but yeah. it's played to be serious yeah. and it's just right to make it palatable you Not know there well i mean it's just right in terms of you don't go oh fuck i'm never going to watch that again you just feel like yeah it's pretty fun and i can i can take it this one it's like they just he just bounces around too much. I want to commit to something. Now, you could say, like, when I just said I, I disliked the last half, you could say it's actually three films because it's, like, it's quite serious at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there's the comic bit. And then there's the, the like, action finding film. finding your feet. And yeah, the and then there's the action film. So it is... Montage. Maybe that's the problem. It's three different films um, crushed together. Um, and then, again, the consistency of each individual person is... Is perfectly right. I felt like nobody lost their way. Johnny Depp was the same all the way through. Michelle Pfeiffer was the same all the way through. But. You know, I mean, nobody got like. She, Michelle Pfeiffer never like fell for his charm. And, but weirdly and, enough, there wasn't enough character development for me. Correct. Because there's a lot of people in this. Because yeah. it's dealing with a family. Like something like uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, right? Yeah. You, you're dealing with a lot of people. But I feel like I know them all well enough at the end of the movie. Whereas here... Tenenbaums. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. You didn't say that. I mean, you said you feel like you've... Well, that movie, it comes out at the end where you feel like you know them. Yeah, I feel like I know every single individual and how they would react because I know their nuances. In here, um, it's very... uh, Shallow. Yeah, like, it's just face... Like, oh, she's the sexy teenager chick who's a bit weird. She's the, you know weird doctor yeah she it's very on the surface so you don't know what they're going to be like so 
I feel like it needed to be a bit longer. Yeah, me too. You know, like it, like it felt too abbreviated, and they really rushed the ending. Like it's, you know, and get and get rid of the sex funniness. It's so lame. I can't even. It, I was. I mean, so that's something. They, that's something they do in True Blood, also, right? Like I know, but this still... isn't True Blood. That's what I'm saying. That particular scene was like the low point. It was so. It was like, you know, after you've known that. He will massacre a whole group of people and apologize politely for it. And then that, it was like Benny Hill or some shit. And I hated it. I Actually, that was part where I was getting bored. And I thought, how long is this going to last? And, and what is the point of it's this? It's like a sex scene between two, uh, well, him and uh, another person. Supernatural person. But it's a supernatural sex scene, basically. It, but it know. isn't. That's, a, that's my other point. I mean, it's a bit, it's it not is, even anything. It's, it's pretty just Austin like, Powersy when they're rolling exactly. around the ceiling and stuff. And I felt like, what a let... Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. And that, I think, one of my problems with the two is, with Johnny Depp and Burton and Helen Bonham Carter, there is a certain up-their-own-assness about them all. There's a certain intellectual funniness that they like to pull off. And, oh, my God, that would be hilarious if we did that kind of feeling sometimes. And that was one of those things where they just sort of taking themselves as so funny. This is so ridiculous. How would these two characters have sex? Oh my god, it'd be hilarious if we had them rolling around the walls and shit. And I was just, like, so let down. But in general, um, I don't want uh, Tim Burton to stop being weird, because that's what I like about him, right? And but this, that's my point. And this that is, wasn't weird. Well, it is weird. That scene a, was just... It doesn't feel Tim Burton-ish, that scene. Correct. Um, because it's... It almost... Because Tim Burton's better than that, right? Exactly. Watch Sleepy Hollow, for instance. Exactly. Which is one of my recommendations. Watch Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> but I'm saying Sleepy Hollow on a level of... Like, it's more tonally Tim Burton to me. This is it got Tim Burton elements, especially that first ten minutes. And the last bit also feels very Tim Burton. It's just... Yeah, it's a bit of a mishmash. Like, it feels like somebody else was involved, apart from Tim Burton. Um, but... Overall, like, I kind of enjoyed it, though. I mean, I liked, I liked the music, and I liked the, I like a fish out of, I like a out of time scenario. Yeah. I like that. I thought there's a part where Alice Cooper appears. I thought it was very, again, like, it was um, Reach, grasping for straws. I felt like I didn't. Well, it, it almost felt, you know, when Johnny Depp walks and and she says, you know. The scenario is they're having a party in the house to invite people and appear like the kings of the crop or whatever. So they've, you know, they've invited Alice Cooper to play the um, party, and it almost felt like an episode of Saturday Night Live where yes. Johnny Depp walks away from the camera saying, "Here's the entertainment." Exactly. I was like, "What?" And then then Alice Cooper proceeds to do a whole like song. It's like. That part there, to Two me... Two songs, actually. Yeah, it f- actually felt really, like, su- self-indulgent. Like That's what I'm saying. Like Tim Burton loves Alice Cooper or whatever, Absolutely. so I'm going to have him in my Like, movie. oh my god, I got him to do it, we're going to So we're going to just dedicate five minutes of the movie to Alice Cooper, you know? It's like... And I understand why he's in there, but I don't even think that fits the vibe of the old show, even. Oh, not at all. No, it's... It, it's but then he shouldn't think about... That's my thing about this thing of comparing to... And stuff. I was like, like, oh, it's Alice Cooper, that's fun. And then I was like, oh, it's Alice Cooper again. 
oh, he's there again. It's not like a Stan Lee, where Stan Lee crops up and you go, oh, that's cool. And then you forgot about it. Again, the camera was focused on the whole time. That's what I'm saying. What what I mean is, it's not like Stan Lee crops up in a Marvel movie and you're like, oh, there's Stan Lee. And then five minutes later, you forgot that he ever was there. But in this, it's like, oh my God, we're dwelling on this. That we've got, some we've got Alice Cooper. So let's keep using him, like, because everybody wants to see Alice Cooper, and I don't actually want to see him. Correct. So yeah, I found that weird. And that I think at the point when Alice Cooper turns up is where I think the movie like left the tracks a bit. That that's it's it did the Alice Cooper, and then it turned into that action part with the special effects and the really like, oh really, that's yeah. happening now, <laughs> like. It's, you know... Exactly. It's supposed to be a big... Uh, there's supposed to be some kind of big reveal that I didn't really care about at all. Like, So, yeah, I, I recommend the first two-thirds of it mm-hmm. a lot. I, I think it's really fun. I'd recommend the whole thing, because there are going to be people who just... I mean, don't turn off. Do don't you? bother. It doesn't bother them, these things. So that's fine. But for me, I just think I have... I want it... It's just like lately I've find... I want it to. It's almost as if Tim Burton had a young writer next to him and saying, "Well, what do you what do you think? What do you think we? Should, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, sure. Let's try that. Like it drops, you know, like to some. I don't know. I just felt disappointed at about. I would say a third of it. Yeah, throughout though, not just the end. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That and that's it. It's just an uneven. You know, I think I have a certain set of expectations when I go in to watch a Tim Burton movie because I've seen a lot of good Tim Burton movies, including his last one, Alice in Wonderland, which was actually really good. And to me, the story is just nothing. I mean, it doesn't do anything for me at all. I don't care about this family. I don't... Yeah, that, know, they, that's, that they were, is okay. They were it's, wealthy, and now they're like, you know, the It's mansion, almost not supernatural enough. Their mansion's all run down, and he's got a very strong family bond, and he wants them to be, he wants them to be rich and snotty again. And I'm like, that is not something to aspire to, and I don't care about that at all. It doesn't. I don't feel anything for them. So it's not like the Goonies, where you don't want them to lose their town. You know, you get like you rally. You around. definitely don't care for them. Hmm. At all, like none of them. I didn't anyway. I care about David, the boy. That's the only one, and yeah. I did, and well, he was barely in it. Yeah, but I cared about him and his the struggle he was going through because he's like uh, I see dead people, which I find kind of interesting. I really like the special effects in the movie, uh, especially the really ghosts. Good stuff, the yeah. ghosts are really good. there's some ghosts. Yeah, um, and I liked all the special effects, including the thing at the end, which uh, I wasn't so keen on. The special effects of it the, were good. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. No, not that. The, oh. Oh, that looked horrible. I thought she looked good. I thought oh, she looked Oh, I thought good. that looked really crappy. Oh See, my no, god, that's I, why I was like, oh no, covering my eyes. I actually liked all the special effects. Um, including the, you know, the sets were amazing. It, 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 this movie cost $150 million. It was a, quite an expensive movie. Um, and I'm assuming that's because of a lot of these sets that they built. Because they were huge sets, right? <laughs> Looked like it. Um, and we also saw some models in the extras that they made. Well, it's not for yet. It's Helen Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp, for God's sake. Yeah. They're going to be very... And Michelle Pfeiffer. They're not going to come cheap, are and they? And Tim Burton. Well, Tim Burton, I think there's a different negotiating thing there with the director, but... I well, mean, I noticed that it their was salaries alone all, are I noticed it was millions. produced by them three as well, mm-hmm. so... Um, they probably used their own cash. No, that's executive producing. Oh, Johnny Depp was executive producer. I that's his that. money, yeah. Yeah. Um... 
but yeah, if you like Johnny Depp um, and you like uh, Tim Burton, I think you'll find stuff in it to like. Cause, Absolutely. Because it does have that. It's just, you know, you can go back and watch older Tim Burton stuff like Edward Scissorhands. And be... This is basically Edward Scissorhands grown up with the Scissorhands removed. Yeah. Because he's creepy and he's sad. But he's yeah, wise. because that's a fish out of water. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. and, and, and that's 1950s, right? He's, he's in the 1950s. Nah. It's like a weird... It's Mad Men. Um, it's era. a different parallel university kind of... It is, but it's everybody, a everybody dresses 50s white. No, it's Truman Show. It's... Yeah, but it's that. not. So, But it's still fish out of water for him to be yeah. with all these housewives. Which is why, you know... Then this is, you know, this vampire being with all these hippie 70s people. Maybe them were boring. That was really boring to me, that part. I have like three points in the movie where I was like... Uh, how long is this going to take? See, I was when you never say it wanted to be longer, there were parts I would love to have been longer, like kind of dragging a little bit more out about David and pulling a little more out about each individual person. The doctor. I wanted more with her. She was just so nothing. Unfortunately, w- she was could have been so interesting, and yet it was like, uh, drunk doctor, drunk doctor, Goodbye, Doctor. Like, when they sit what? around the table to eat lunch or dinner or whatever, I could have had a 15-minute sequence of that instead of them leaping through it because I think you could do character development around that table perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they tried to a little bit, but I would have had a massive dialogue scene in that, in, around that table where people discussed their you know, past and stuff. I and- could also handle more flashbacks because this is the kind of movie we have a little bit of a voiceover, which is fine. Or, you know, he introduces the stuff. I don't mind the flashbacks of getting to know Victoria's story. I would li- I don't even mind it in this movie. It it handles them well because it's got that, you know, kinda you need to know everybody's backstory. Even a even a thirty second flash of each person's whatever makes them now weird, miserable, disappointed, whatever's you know, they have all got something wrong with them. But we don't get any explanation except, oh, the Collins family has fallen from grace, yeah. and that's it. Like, I think it's real. I think it's a really well-made. Even movie. a flashback of the in the crib that would have been fantastic to get just well, a little bit more. Well, it was supposed more. to be a secret, wasn't it? I know at the time though, telling it the tape, right, right. and when she's telling it to give you a visual. Oh, then I might have cared about this person a little bit more, but I didn't. Didn't. So I I think it's a really well made film. I think if you like Tim Burton, looks amazing. Like it. I think yeah, I think you can see that it, they've made a lot of that. You know, it's that kind of elaborate set design where you can look it and, and pause it and you can see so many things because you saw it's pretty you even, dark though. You even saw one of your um, yes. It's supposed to be dark. Yes. Yeah, the but green, you saw one of your the uh, green plastic big. Uh, I forget what he called them. Glass, aren't they? Resin. Resin. Yeah. They're not Grapes. glass. Yeah, big. The, I have them sitting the on exact ones the exact same from one. the seventies. Yep. So um, <laughs> so let's move on to the cast. Johnny Depp plays Barnabas Collins. He's the hero of the movie. If you, yeah, <laughs> he's the main character yeah. of the movie. How you see him on the cover is what you see. Yep. It's Johnny Depp with powder on his face. There's no attempt. I don't think it's powder, but I think there's no attempt to hide makeup. his old school vampireness, and I like that a lot. I didn't want all of a sudden. For him to walk out of the teenage girl's room with regular his regular flesh color and her say, makeup's come a long way or something like that. I was like, just keep him pale because he is a vampire. Keep the long Nosferatu fingers, even though I thought it was a bit cheesy at first. After a while, I was like, he's it's right because I want him to stay. He's been in a coffin for 200 years. 
I don't want him to all of a sudden snap out of it and be like hip and cool and all that. That would have been really horrible. I, I liked when he was trying to get some sleep in the house and yes. you kept seeing him in different, like in a yes. linen cupboard and it, like hanging that upside funny. down and stuff. See, that's the campy good camp. Yeah. That's the kind of fun, a little bit of, you know, with a kind of a cool, a little montage with some cool music and you can handle it. It's kind of like, oh, here he is adjusting. But then the other stuff just, hmm, who's next? Michelle Pfeiffer plays Elizabeth Collins Stoddard. Um, you know, she, she's all right. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, she's all right, actually. I mean, she had moments of. Yeah, it's but not, she's underused. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. And she had nothing special about her. I felt bad for her character. Helena Bonham Carter as Dr. Julie Hoffman. She's, you know, she's in. I wasn't that interested in her. She's not really in it that a lot. She's she in actually a few, couple of scenes. That's what I'm saying. She's in it several times, but. There's nothing to her. I liked her, the the character. Um, what can you like about her? Because there's nothing about her. No, I liked the uh, how she was completely um, like she couldn't have the curtains open, and she you know had to wear sunglasses and stuff. That was because she was. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, like she was. But that like, was only one. Right. I mean, couple. as an overall, she was just kind of. There was not that. I don't know. I didn't really. And I, I like her. I, don't I also like liked where her story went, but I don't want to discuss that because it'll spoil something. I didn't like it, but um, Eva Green uh, plays Angelique Bouchard, who you'll know from um, James uh, Bond. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's really good in, in Casino Royale. I don't know her so. from James Bond. I don't remember her from James. She's Bond. Casino Royale. He's checking that. I don't remember. But how could you not remember that? It's one of the best Bond girls in all the franchise. I just don't I remember her. I'd have to watch it again and see, like, oh yeah, but um. And this, I just, I, I'm, her character is almost the most interesting because she hasn't been in a box for 200 years. She's been living, and it's I like, think that's interesting. That's why I like Pam from she True has, Blood. Yeah, she's come along, she kind of goes character. with the times, she has absorbed culture over the years, and yet she has this hot burning, like, you know, thing about her. I like that. And Jackie Earl Haley plays Willie Loomis. I didn't like him at all. I Me really either. love him as Rorschach. I yeah. don't like him as this. Me either. I don't like him as Freddy Krueger either. Now he's the new Freddy Krueger. I didn't like him in it, really. It was... Um, I don't know what it is. He's very one-dimensional. That's what Even when they're interviewing him, unfortunately... He's uh, as an individual, to... he seems... Yeah, and I don't think that's true, but he's very affected by his youthful Hollywoodness. I think he was stunted as a young person in Hollywood. In terms of how he interacts Seems with old the audience, a bit. yes, and very flat and very obvious, and, I, and it's unfortunate because I feel like he has like mega potential. Yeah, to be a re- like you said in Watchmen. Yeah, maybe, he's awesome in Watchmen because he's exactly, and he got a lot but of. He does have time. his face completely covered up, right? but he does in Freddy Krueger as well, doesn't he? I guess. No, he was himself too. Remember, he was burned up like. Remember, he was himself too. Sometimes, yeah. So, um, Johnny Lee Miller, sick boy himself, plays Roger Collins. Um, that was really crappy. I really liked him because I thought... Oh, my God. Because he was supposed to be bad. Oh, I didn't mind that. He doesn't he was really bad. I don't mean bad. I mean, I feel like the character was supposed to be bad. Not bad. I mean, bad. Like 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 a car salesman or something. Like a sh- Right, but I think he did a bad job of See, it. See, I liked him a lot. I didn't like him at all. The like, character I think he did a, I think he did a bad job in Dexter. Also, and that's what this was. It was just this yeah. bad American 
He had no See, reactions. Like he had no... And that's what I like. Nothing interesting about him. Because he felt it. cardboard, and I feel like that's what he was supposed to be. No, I feel like that's what he is. Right. Well, that's <sighs> a perfect choice for that character that's supposed to be also like that. Oh, I felt that was a bad choice. Needs somebody to hate a little bit more, because he wasn't good. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz plays uh, Caroline Stoddard, who you know from Kick-Ass. She's a hit girl from Kick-Ass. Um, is she? Yeah, she's really good. I, I really like her. Which one was she? Hit girl in Kickass. She plays the the young, the teenage girl in this. Right, uh, Carolyn. Um, I, mm-hmm. I I like her in. I just think she's a really good actress. Um, in this, she has to ham it up a lot. Is she's playing with this a uh, lot? Yeah, yes. but the character it makes sense to me. That the character. deleted scene was better than a lot of the scenes that were in the movie. Yeah, a lot. She was more relaxed and more, you know. I like the odd edge to her in the movie though I didn't when she's just dancing in the back and stuff. that was fine but then the overly teenage maudlin thing was a bit much but we're not they're not striking any balances for me that's my problem Christopher Lee Dracula himself plays Clarny um, for about 10 seconds very, very short but he's actually I was like line. oh my god it's Dracula what I didn't realise he played Dracula yeah I watched all those Dracula movies but when, as soon as he was started there I was like okay he is the king vampire surely in this, right? He's Dracula. <laughs> but he's underused. He's just brief and that's it. Another um, one of those Tim Burton got probably shit in his pants because yeah, he had Christopher Lee and Alice Cooper and he's like, oh my god. And then that? Alice Cooper plays Alice Cooper. I put him down there. Um, yeah, if you're an Alice Cooper fan, you're going to love it. If you're, Do you know that Alice Cooper does a daily yeah, radio show? Radio show. It's actually good. He's really funny. He's just a dude, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think he's bad. I, I just think it felt self-indulgent yes. to put... If it had been like a Porky's 10 movie, it would have been right. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, put him in a movie like that, or a this just felt, Wayne and What's-His-Face. It seriously felt... I got this Saturday Night Live musical guest um, vibe to it. That or like Wayne's World when she does her number and everybody's like... Just Whoa. any of that. I, I was just like, oh, Johnny Depp's hosting Saturday Night Live this week. <laughs> and here's Alice Cooper. As Nosferatu. Yeah, like that. That's what it felt like. And I was like, wow, that's really... If you'd have used him just a little bit, Alice Cooper, just a tiny, you know, when she mentioned, oh, you've got to have Alice Cooper if you have a decent party. And then. And then he walks And then something's the happening, and in the background, Alice Cooper is on the stage. Correct. That would work. But just pouring over him and, like, going, oh, God, look, it's Alice Cooper. It's like, you know, and then trying this thin veil of, if you listen to the lyrics and the tone and of his so, song, no. that it is in relation to one of the characters' life and her And that just so happens story. to be all our favorite song ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, that seemed a bit. So, yeah. Um, it's a combo movie, man. But I, I do recommend it to people just to have a good time and... So that's the cast, directed by Tim Burton, obviously, Edward Scissorhands, Sweeney Todd. Um, <gasps> Sweeney Todd, I love Sweeney Todd. Uh, Corpse Bride. Love Corpse Bride. Alice Nightmare Wonderland. Before Christmas. I know oh, he didn't do Nightmare Before Christmas. Produced Nightmare yeah, exactly. Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Um, numerous films. You grew up with Tim Burton, pretty much. I mean, Batman. Sleepy Hollow. Uh, apes. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Hmm. See? Yeah, you're sitting there touting him and you don't like that one. So, um, Blu-ray extras here, and it, it's really not very many, and mm-hmm. I was a bit disappointed because this is based on a TV show that I don't know much about, and I wanted to actually know a bit more about it from these people. I'd like um, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton to talk about it a little, because I know they're fans because I looked it up. But they don't. Or yeah. even have the guy who wrote it. Obviously, that guy Anything. probably has sat through and watched all of them or I don't know that that's what I wanted to know how did that guy who wrote this 
know which things to pay homage to, which things was he ditching, why did he why was he interested in this story at all? It just seemed a bit random or something, but nothing. So and they actually call this uh you know, it's maximum movie mode thing, but it's focus points. Yeah. Um We didn't watch any of it with them in the movie though. No, but we saw them out of the movie and it's the same thing. So featurettes stuffed into the movie or you can watch them separate. Which is good. Always good. Yeah, but no information about the original show at all, Harvey. Is it 3D? No. Hmm. It's got a... Um, this movie on Blu-ray has a... What do you call it? Lenticular? Lenticular cover with Johnny Depp. Um, and it's kind of... It's kind of cool. It's not one of them that moves where they move. It's just like to give it a bit of depth. But no, it wasn't even filmed in 3D, this movie. Oh, there's no 3D version. Good. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, there's a maximum movie mode and there's deleted scenes and that is your lot for extras. No commentary, no anything. Um, the deleted scenes are... Meh, and the maximum movie mode is kind of cool, but it's so... The, a commentary or, like, an episode of the old show or... I mean, I think they missed out. Like, there's a lot of detail to be told. It almost felt to me like they didn't have the rights to the old show so they didn't discuss it. Right. It's like the elephant in the room, let's just leave it. Or they didn't give, or that isn't their point. They weren't remaking it. They just were right. But when I'm buying like a, a Blu-ray, and maybe I am interested in it, I want to see something. Well, maybe oh, I guess they would think maybe most people don't care. Right, but I found more information than I found on the Blu-ray just going to IMDb and looking at the old. Clips. And we found them all. We found a lot of them on. Netflix. If you go on Netflix, there's a bunch of episodes of Dark Shadows. Now there were thousands of episodes made, so you don't get all of them. But there's a selection of episodes. Most people on Netflix complain that they're out of order, there's no continuity. It leave If you watch them all, when you get to the very end, there's a massive cliffhanger that's obviously never resolved because there's no more episodes on there. Right. So it's kind of a weird... Uh, I just feel it's a rights issue. Because if Netflix owned the rights, they'd just put them all there, right? Well, not necessarily. Sometimes it's just a matter of, like... They call it the collection. Who's going to be interested in all of it? You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. It's like they, saying we're going to take all my children and put every episode on Netflix. Well, all my children was on for 30 years. Right. I don't know that anyone would want to watch every... Well, these yeah, days? Sure who knows? Would. Yeah. Marathon that. I wonder if they even save all the oldest... Like, yeah. we have soap operas that have been around since the 50s. Somebody did. Like the network or somebody, and then if you want to start again from scratch, that's the perfect thing for our modern society is to get all my children season or year one from like the first episode and just start watching it. So, um, in terms of DVD extras, it was a bit uh, disappointing. Also, um, the, the audio and the video is fine. You know, you could say it's a bit dark because it's a dark, it's kind of dark timber yeah. movie, but that's correct. It's not wrong. Um, but yeah, it's kind of dis- disappointing on uh, some fronts. But there again, I kind of had some fun also. Fun, yes. not always fun. Like I wasn't bored like you was, but I only had like three moments, and it lasted maybe a minute each time, where my mind was like, "Oh God, this is so." Uh, it's like I'm disappointed maybe more than bored like with that with certain scenes it wasn't like I'm sitting there for 10 minutes going it's just these brief flashes of I've lost interest and this doesn't happen to me even when I have to pee really bad I never lose interest in the movie I just I hold it for a couple of minutes I'm engaged I say to you I have to pee we pause I go pee we come back start the movie and I don't get like distracted but in this one I was thinking uh 
What am I gonna make for dinner lately? Like, see that you know. See, so overall, I'm just gonna conclude it. I would think this is not. It's it's actually a really well made Tim Burton movie. If you're mm-hmm. not a Tim Burton fan, I don't think this is for you because I think it is his thing. And if, yeah. you, if you're not a fan, you're probably it's probably not for you. If you are a fan, it's probably 100% not for you either. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not his best thing. So it's for no one. No, it is. It's, <laughs> I actually think it's really fun. Um, well, you just said if, it, if you're not a fan, it's not for you. If no, you I'm talking fan, about the, the other you. people who are not Tim Burton. There's the ones who are not Tim Burton fans. Um, who just like a bit of, you know, dark comedy. Which is what this is. Um, it, it's, I think they can have some fun with it. I think there are people who don't have preconceptions like we do who would have a lot of fun with it and it would be great yeah also because we just have a like a oh we've seen a lot of tim burton films so we expect a certain thing and then fine you know for tim burton shouldn't always do the same thing i don't think i think of it that way but i think you have a preconception i think of every movie as the movie and all my everything of movies that i smash into my head but like, and when the story starts to not be interesting, or the telling of the story starts to make me not interested, or they haven't filled in that character, or they haven't got the overall thing together, shit together, then that bothers me. So don't think I think of it as, oh, here's Tim Burton, impress me. I was more disappointed in terms of, like, I don't know, I want a movie about a classic vampire to be like, uh, that's, so that's my comparison, I guess. Yeah, but I, it, unlike last week's movie that we didn't like really at all, Lola Versus, this is not this is not at that level. Um, this is really good. Well, compared. that's not fair, because then people will think last week, I mean, it wasn't that we didn't like it at all, right? Well, I don't want to watch thing. that one again. No. But I'd watch this again. I would watch this one again. Yeah, that's what I'm getting Just for the funny factor sometimes. Yeah, just because it, it's fun. And sometimes um, you can f- repair things in your mind. If yeah. you've seen it the first time and you watch it enough, you can kind of fall in love with the flaws a little bit. So maybe. There are enough moments in it for me to be tickled at to, you know, like it, like to watch again. So um, that is Dark Shadows. Thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. Um, next week's review will be The Avengers. A uh, little tiny movie, The Avengers. Um, the Looking forward to The Avengers because... It's been a long time coming, and we've seen all the other um, Marvel movies, and this is the accumulation of it all, the end of the uh, Marvel movies. Until, Thank God. Well, the end of the first wave of Marvel movies, as they called. They're restarting again now with all the characters again. So um, that's the end of that story, and we'll be watching that next week. Looking forward to it a lot. Contest, go to my site to enter some contests. There are a couple of new ones this week. N- uh, movie game, what is it? Movie memory one, two, three. Where one of us says to the other, name three movies that have whatever. And it's my turn to ask you. And you can and join I, along at home. That's the whole one. Yeah, of the, and it's movie memory. I mean, you think of it yourself. You don't look it up. You don't look it up on IMDb. You and you, you don't get a chance because we Correct. were very quick. We do. And it originated in the car for long trips before we had our gadgets and whatnot 10, 12, 13 years ago. And we would do more like name 10 movies that feature a ship on the ocean for 75% of the movie. And then you had to sit through their whole catalog in your brain. Oh wait, that no, oh, that ship wasn't in there that long. Or well, no, there were there wasn't three muscle cars. You know that we really tried to poke. Or we might be as simple as give me eight Sigourney Sigourney Weaver movies or something like that. All right, but, so what are you trying to hurry me along now? No, I'm saying what's the question? I'm I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the question. Right. Um. 
Name three movies that have feature witches. Witches of Eastwick. Obviously. Because Michelle Pfeiffer pops into my head right away. And it's in the title. But Season witches. of the Witch. Halloween 3? Season of the Witch? Yes. Okay, you didn't know that. That's Halloween 3. Yeah. I didn't think of that one, but... No, it doesn't. It does not feature a witch. So no, it doesn't. That's just in the title. Bewitched. Okay, that's two. One yeah. More. Um, Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh my god, I didn't even <laughs> think of that one. The Ultimate Witch movie. I'm all, that's so awesome. Because I didn't think of that. And The Witches. The little yes. boy and the mice. And There's the... a lot of witch movies, probably. There aren't really. I oh, look... are not? Nope, that's the thing. Now, you might think, like, evil stepmothers and stuff appear yeah. to be like witches, but then are they, are they not? Kind of, they got powers. Dark shadows. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> all right, so uh, movie recommendations this week. I am going with two recommendations based on this movie, based on the vibe of this movie and also to do with this movie. Number one is Death Becomes Her. Because... A much better movie. Yes, Death Becomes Her, because I, there is a moment in this movie where Death Becomes Her will hit you right in the face. Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And you'll think, wow, Death Becomes Her was good. And then second, <laughs> secondly, Sleepy Hollow, because I think it's one of Tim Burton's... Underrated. Um, ...better ones for me, because it has that dark Tim Burton vibe, and it continues the dark Tim Burton vibe the entire time, similar to Sweeney Todd. I love Sweeney Todd. But Sleepy Hollow... I think this movie should have had more of the tone of that. I don't mean be that movie. Yeah, I, mean, I don't mean just be that serious. Take that serious stance to it. You know, commit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And mine two. are, and the first one is not because it's good, because it isn't good at all. But this mansiony thing of a weird, quirky family. I say Clue, which is like it's, it's really bad. bad. It's just that it puts there's an ensemble cast again with the super two dimensional people, and that's where I guess my disappointment comes sometimes in this movie. That's how I feel there are. You know that like there's the s- several lady. versions of that movie. Mm-mm. Oh what? yeah, yeah. No. There's did. like the doctor lady with the super red hair, and she's kind of drunk. Which one did you see? I have no idea. It was so bad. I don't think I finished it. And that's how I felt related to this movie a little bit. I didn't. It was like. A little cheap sometimes, and I that's saw, what I think of. Clue. I saw the Professor Peacock one. Right, I have no clue whatsoever. It's based on the based on the uh, just to explain the the movie Clue is based on the game Cluedo. We I don't know what it's called clue. here. Ours is called Cluedo, and it's um, a board game from years yeah, ago. People know. Most people know. All right, I'm just explaining. Oh, right. In case you don't. And uh, you, do you want, you want me to? No, I'm just saying. Most people know. And uh, it, the movie was made with several different endings. And the trivia about it was interesting because when they, when it was in the theatres, you didn't know what ending you was going to get. It was just randomly given out to theatres with these different endings. So I could come and talk to you about it and you're like, no, that didn't happen. So it was an interesting experiment of kinds. Except that it wasn't very good to begin with. Yeah. And uh, when I've got three, because the other one popped up while we were talking, and I put Austin Powers, because that's a movie that commit, those are movies that commit to lunacy, craziness, with a heart. There's always a little bit of that, you know, whatever hidden in there, but it's all wacky, and no compromise there. And I, I appreciate that, even though I don't think they're all great, I appreciate that. And then uh, Adam's family values. I can't believe because... we've gone a whole episode of this and just watched Dark Shadows and haven't actually mentioned the monsters in the Adam's family. Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was in my head all the time, but I thought, nah, I'll not mention those, but obviously they um, factor in here some- somehow. 
Not really, except for me thinking a family in a big dark mansion. Just the goth kind of. Yeah, but I don't even think of that. Doesn't they just don't go together? Because his family isn't goth or anything. He's the only one. Just the. They're not that monster. Gloomy kind of old timey. But they're not even gloomy enough and dark enough. Adam's family, they commit to it, man. It's They're not good either. But it's also but wacky. they are wacky and, you know, Adam, Adam's family values, I think, I just think it's one of my favorite ones of them. And uh, it's a big mansion and there's lots of trickery going on and there's always a bad guy in these movies. Bad guy slash woman. Of course. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's the movies for this week. So, uh, games and Ace Coy stuff. I've been playing more Guild Wars 2 this week. Uh, it's Big got, surprise! They've got nearly um, two and a half million subscribers now after a month or two months. Um, I recommend picking it up if, you, if you've never tried a massively multiplayer RPG. Um, my friend who I play with has never played one. It's a good one to pick up because you don't have to pay a monthly fee. You pay your fifty nine ninety nine, you play it forever, right? So... If you've always wanted to try World of Warcraft, but never did, then uh, this is your opportunity to... Uh, but it's not World of Warcraft. It's the same kind of game. It's, it's, in fact, it's a better game in, in I was going to say, it's not the same, so... Just the, the group F, group thing. Just the, the whole fantasy. thing. Leveling, armor, selling, raids, all that is part of this game. This game doesn't have a monthly fee. I feel like Blizzard, if they make another World of Warcraft... They should drop, they should do this too. And just, you know, let you pay for content packs every so often instead. Because... But then their 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 intravenous money wouldn't go Yeah, anymore. but they get a lot more audience. Because I'm the type of audience who will do that. I'll buy the game, and if they, if I love it so much, in, four, in six months' time there's a pack that's another $30. I'll buy that pack because I'm getting my money's out of, the, out of the gate. I'm getting my money's worth. But the $15 a month, it makes me feel pressured to play your yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't like being pressured because I might want to play another game and come back to your game. But I don't want to go away from your game and being, you know, $15 taken out of my account every month. Because then I feel like, what, what is that for? Like, yeah. I'm, so, yeah, that's a horrible... To me, that's put So me the off. one time you play out of six months, you've just paid $70 yeah, which, to play one me, hour Which made me feel really bad, like, like I should have been playing it all the time. And I guess that's the idea, right? They want people to play it all the time. Which sounds really insidious. Yeah. So I like this model of Girls Wars 2. The game is really good. Uh, I recommend it. The second game I've been playing this week is The Testament of Sherlock Holmes. Now, this is the new Sherlock Holmes game. It's on the PC and the Xbox 360. If you like Sherlock Holmes, and it's nothing to do with the Guy Ritchie movies, it's to do with sh- the literary Sherlock Holmes. Um, Is this some, uh, they've had movie these games before. Yeah, there's about six of them, but this is the new one. And um, what's cool about it is, uh, if you have read the Sherlock Holmes books, and I've been playing this with my nephew who has read them all, the detail from the books is in the game. So if you're wandering around Holmes's apartment and there's things on the wall that you're looking at going, what the hell is that? Well, the book explained those things. Outfits, he, he would describe yeah. why that's sitting there and where he got that and he had one adventure where he picked that up. And So all what I feel like is it was made by people who really care about Sherlock Holmes. Like they are fans of Sherlock Holmes. So um, it's like an adventure game, old-fashioned kind of, where you wander around and look for clues. If you remember L.A. Noir by Rockstar a couple of, well, a year ago, 
where you examine crime scenes and then try and figure out what was going on. It's like that, but it's more of a Professor Layton-style puzzles. Like, really hard puzzles. Puzzles where we were just sat last night looking at a puzzle for almost two hours, (laughs) and it was a math problem. It was like series of numbers, and you had to... There was no explanation. There was just series, like four different series of numbers. And there was like one, three, seven, and then you had to figure out what the pattern the patterns in the numbers. Yeah. And we both sat there. I worked on one side, he worked on the other side, just looking at the numbers and trying to figure it out. Eventually we got it. And it was the old math problems of like, you know, divide the first number by the second yeah, number. Yeah. And, and what's the difference between number three and number four? But it's that kind of thing. So you've got to like using your brain to solve the puzzles. And this was just to open a box with some stuff in it. So it took us two hours to open it. But it's fun. It's not frustrating. It's not frustrating at all because you kind of know what you're in for. And you can cheat and just press the button and solve the puzzle. But we want to get the achievements. So we're just like, no, we'll get the puzzles ourselves. And and it's satisfying. Yeah. So it's a testament of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, It's on PC and 360. Uh, next week's big game will be Resident Evil 6. I'll be talking about that next week. Um, and I bought a new headset this week. Are you the... excited for Resident Evil? Yes. I'm always excited for Resident Evil. Um, but we, I will talk about it when I've played it, which I haven't yet. So I bought a new headset this week. Um, I've been, I got a pair of earphones for my PC. I've had them for a long time. I hardly ever use them because they hurt my ears. If you've ever used a pair of earphones that sit on your ears and don't go over your ears, you might know after a couple of hours, it feels like your ears are bleeding. They feel like red hot and they're... I don't know, it feels weird. You have to take them off and go, oh, that feels better. So I've been looking for a headset that covers your whole ear because then when I'm playing a game, I don't have to go, oh, God, this is hurting and keep jiggling at them. So I found a pair of headphones... And let me give it a little more background. You live with a wife. A wife who does go to bed sometimes before you. A nephew who does stay with us two nights a week. Who is in bed before you. And your wife is just boring like every other wife. And says, um, can you turn that down please? Can you please turn that down? When you are seemingly unaware of the noise you're making. And it always annoys you. That that you're being noisy. And I'm like, but that should annoy you. You either be quiet or don't do it. And then having headphones was always the solution, but then they bothered you. So then you were annoyed that you, well, I just won't play then. I just but anyway, I got, I got these. Well, no, I'm saying that's another reason to seek out ones that are comfortable enough right. to wear for long periods of time. And I got these because I've been playing a lot of Guild Wars recently and I have to wear that other headset to talk to a friend. Oh, to talk, yeah. So I, I was... And in, you know, I've been spending hours with them on my head, and I thought, well, they'll probably get better the more I wear them. Doesn't happen. It... Can you hear more when you wear them in Guild Wars? Like footprints and shit oh, like that? Oh, I'm... These new ones that I've got, and they're the Logitech um, 930 or something, uh, the wireless 7.1 surround headset. It's wireless, which is awesome. No wire to get stuck in my chair. My wire always used to get stuck around my chair, and I'd pull it when I stood up. Um... Yes, it's amazing. I was playing Guild Wars yesterday, and I had the headphones on. Last night, about two in the morning, I had the headphones on, and I was like, I can hear every step she makes. I can never hear that. I can hear rustling of uh, the trees behind me. And the music, the musical score, which I really like in Guild Wars, it's an orchestral score. There was stuff I'd never heard before. I was like, wow, this is, you know, because you're really focused on it with it on your head. Um, so it does a surround sound in the headphones, and I, I thought. Me some of them. 
I actually thought surround sound headphones is a gimmick, and that can't work because you've just got two ears. How can they make something sound like it's behind you? That stuff sounds like yeah. it's behind you. Like there's a test thing where it says left ear, right ear, or whatever, and and it's the lady's sounds like she stood behind you. And you sound like you're standing in like a big metal room or something, like yeah. a big warehouse, and you can hear the the sound of it, even the space of it. Which That's is really, I don't know how they do that because they're just sat on your ears, right? I don't know how they can make it. Obviously, they direct the sound somehow. But um, I was, last night I was testing them and I put Watchmen, I've got a Watchmen on, on Blu-ray, I just put it in and I went to one of the action scenes and it sounds like there's a subwoofer going off, like, because right. there's bass, in, you know, like, and you, you know, it was two o'clock in the morning. I had it on really loud, like as loud as we have a movie on downstairs and nobody in the house heard a thing, right? And, and you I was do like, that thing where you take your headphone off sometimes and go, crap, is it actually only coming through my headphones or is it coming through my it's speakers? Because like, it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually uh, pressed the button on my speakers to turn them yeah, off. Yeah, because you're never 100% yeah. sure. Like, But uh, I had it on my head and I was watching this movie and I was like, wow, this sounds like a surround sound setup. This stuff behind me, it's exactly the same as sitting downstairs, but just with a headset on. So um, they're, um, they're on sale on Amazon this week. The PC only. So you can't plug yeah. them into your MP3 player or your phone or anything no, like that? No, they follow the PC. But um, I have my uh, Xbox 360 hooked to my PC, so my Xbox will also um, work. Um, anything that goes through you, any sound that goes through your PC. Because I have my Xbox, the audio from my Xbox into my sound card on my PC. Right. So, Interesting. So the headphones will pick up the 360 also. So um, Not everyone could do that then. If you've got a PC with a sound card, yeah. Well, no. Not everyone would be plugging their Xbox into their... No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've done that all the time just because it's more convenient because they're both next to each other. Um, but yeah, they're wireless. They last 10 hours. It's a You charge them up with USB. They last 10 hours. And then the USB receiver has a cable on it that you can plug in and charge them while you're using them. So you never have to put them down, which is a good idea. Um, and they're on sale on Amazon. Oh, they were, and now they're not. They're back to $120, uh, $130, they're back to. Wow, it's like half price. But they were $80 this week. Um, and I see them go up and down a lot, so you just keep an eye out on it. It's the Logitech... You know what? I forget the number. Why does everything... Have a number? Have a weird... Like, why do technology products always have, like, a number? There's like, no names like our car. Fiesta. Yeah, there's no... Yeah. <laughs> so it's the Logitech Wireless Gaming Headset G930. Um, I recommend them. They're very comfortable, very lightweight. Music sounds great. And your friend has had his for five years? Yeah, and, and he still never... uses them all the time. Right. So Same model? Yep, exactly the same. Wow. So uh, they must be good if they continue to make them all that time, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, so that's everything from me for this week. Uh, Resident Evil 6 next week, I'll talk about that. And Sid Talk, what have you got? Well, a little bit of sad news, I will say, that yesterday I found out that yesterday, or last night, um, a cousin, first cousin of mine passed away. Now, this is a cousin where, who, in my youth, every time we had all, you know, I don't know if every family has this, but a lot would have. In the 70s, early 80s, you went 
and probably now, but it just seemed more common than all the families, all the branches of your family congregated at the grandma grandpa's house so that your first cousins who lived 50 miles away and 100 miles away, they were there for Easter, they were there for Christmas, they were there for Thanksgiving, blah. And this is one of those cousins who through my younger years, and I was a, he was only three years older than me. And he had a brother who was like one year older than me and a, another brother who's a couple years older than me. And then a sister who has already passed away. She's only in her 50s. So it was another first cousin of mine. She passed away a couple years ago. But um, just one of those things where you, you start feeling the... My mother says it was either a seizure or a heart attack. He had a lot of health problems. But he wasn't very old. He has a lot of, you know, some children and just one of those things where you were familiar with someone, not that particularly close necessarily now. I spoke to him a couple of years ago for a long time. It's just, and it's like you want to, I want to feel sad. However, I think he was really unwell emotionally and physically. And you think, you know, it's that everybody has their time, I suppose. And I don't want anyone to suffer or be dead. It's just that I don't know sometimes if it isn't. Like, uh, uh, you know, and I know his family's devastated. Oh, that branch of the family will be devastated, of course. But to indicate, you know, they were just going to have him cremated today, be done with it. Maybe no memorial service, maybe no big service or anything. Just going to send him to be scattered somewhere yet to be determined. So that's kind of the vibe of him. He was isolated and alone and, you know, there's just one of those things where... I can say, oh my god, that's horrible, tragic, and it's just more tragic that he probably wasn't very happy and well for the last many years of his life. And so I hope that that branch of the family recoups and copes. And I've lost, you know, that's like the third death in our family in the last couple of months, actually. I had a cousin who's my mother's age. She's my second cousin, nearer to my mother's age. Passed away. She was an alcoholic, unfortunately, and her body had finally... And she wasn't... I think she was only 63. And then my Aunt Ione, who passed away, she was 87. I think she'd lived a long life for body, body finally give out, and now... And his name was Rowdy. So you always think that his brother, he and his brother's names were Rowdy and Rusty, and you always find that quite... I'm Randy. And my brother's name is Randy. So for so British funny. people, Randy <laughs> is a whole different thing. But yes, our family has a funny R-R-R-R-R thing with the men. For some reason, Ricky Rowdy, Rusty, RP, and Randy. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. But, you know, I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that. That sometimes all the little shit kind of makes you go, oh, right, that's not that big a deal. Like, you were going to have me mention that I did accidentally, unavoidably, hit a small dog with my car last week. Like, you know, one of those, like, holy shit, that sucks so bad. The dog had a little broken leg. He's healing crashed the front of the car up a little bit and at the time you're like oh my god i've got to get this fixed and then i think it'll get fixed whatever insurance is on it it's not it's not that big a deal you know what i mean it's like it's a little bit of broken plastic and it's a vehicle and it'll be fine it's not that big a deal it'll cost me some money unfortunately <laughs> expensive little this, dog in the car. yeah so that's a whole other issue but you know things dudes all of a sudden put your your Kind of like rejigger you and put you in more of a different perspective sometimes as it happens. So. And then uh, my, for dinner, you, you want to know what's for dinner? You yes, say? what's for dinner, I say. I, I didn't say it. I was telepathically reading your mind as if there were any other ways. Uh, tonight is going to be a repeat of last night because I stumbled across something that you would call delicious. Yeah, like. Um, 
It was it's spaghetti like, noodles. It's almost like fettuccine. That's what it reminded yes, me exactly. of. Yes, exactly. Something like that. I had leftover... I had bought some fresh cauliflower, cooked, boiled it, just barely. It wasn't fully mushy or anything. And then I had made a white sauce with almond milk and a little bit of day non-dairy cheese and some nutritional yeast. And some peas. Uh, no, it, had no peas originally. Right. The cauliflower right. didn't. But that was just cauliflower that we have. We had cauliflower three ways that day because that's all I bought for dinner. So we had like a weird cauliflower it supper. It smelled very cauliflower it when I woke up in the morning. <laughs> and your bowels were in I don't know shape. if that was those or it was the... <laughs> So then yesterday I took the leftover stuff, threw it in the skillet, added some more almond milk, some more nutritional yeast, and just let it kind of cook for a couple minutes, threw in some frozen peas it also had some pieces of sweet potato in there. And then I had leftover spaghetti, because we had spaghetti the day before. The noodles, no sauce. And I just picked up all the noodles, dumped them in the hot, creamy sauce. And it was absolutely delicious. And so tonight, I'm making it again, but I'm adding broccoli as Actually, well. funny spaghetti story this week. Funny spaghetti. Funny spaghetti story. We were in Hy-Vee and spaghetti was on sale, oh 79 God. cents. There was some woman. Oh my God. She was just killing the shelves. She was on the phone to she was somebody. She's all excited. And she was saying, spaghetti's on sale on the phone to yeah. somebody. And then Pasta. she was just pulling them yeah. off. In, did you see it? Boxes like, and boxes. Just, she was just scooping them off like supermarket sweep into the thing. And I was like... Well, that's a be, bit of an exaggeration. There's going to be none left for us. Like, it was, it was crazy. She was... She I've had never like seen, three boxes in her hand. And I've never seen so much spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, and she was asking people about spaghetti. But it's crazy, isn't it, what people do when they... Something and is, I gra- I pulled like one box off and I just said in my yeah. sort of snotty tone because you said you're only getting one box and I said well I'm not a glutton <laughs> which I am actually in real life but mm. in that moment I wanted to make a point because it seemed a bit it seemed like obs- seemed like vulgar. it was ne- never going to be spaghetti ever again it wasn't just spaghetti in fact it was pasta I mean there was all never going to be any more pasta in the world and she was stockpiling yeah. the pasta tomorrow's the end of the world and we're all going <laughs> to have to fend for ourselves it's a zombie apocalypse you need pasta seventy nine cents a box. Go crazy. Yeah. I got one box. Which we're not even going to... Well, I got the shell version. So we might make that with the stuff. I don't know. And my advice is... uh, I'm stealing this from someone else. Because I made a little funny picture this week of a witch doing yoga. Just a little cartoony thing. And then I thought I was trying to think of something... A little quote to put on it. And uh, then I ended up looking at all kinds of quotes about, you know, Zen and yoga and philosophy. And I found one by... Confucius, I believe. Let me see. And it is... Yeah, it is Confucius. It is. It is very easy to hate and difficult to love. All good things are difficult to achieve. And bad things are very easy to get. Now, it's not, you can say, well, yeah, of course. But, you know, if you examine yourself a little bit closer... All this bullshit talk people have, blah, 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 Obama, Obama, economy, fucking economy, stupid fucking president. I mean, I hear, it's like sad, it's like, it's like this pea soup that floats everywhere you go. Every freaking store, every clerk that you're standing in line behind the people are talking about it, at work people talk about it, the radio. It just, it's so easy to turn your brain off. And be one of the haters and just, like, go along with it and regurgitate all the crap everybody says. But how about if you work at it and try to find something good and positive? Now, it's not going to be easy, maybe. Maybe you're going to have to do some research. Maybe you're going to have to do some more reading beyond the 
what everybody shoves in your face and maybe think for yourself a little bit instead of I have one friend who will take offense to that, I think, because she thinks I think that everyone who doesn't agree with me doesn't think for themselves, but that's not true. I just think that a lot of people do not think and don't try to find the good things. I complain a lot about a lot of certain things. I also have a lot of opinions that aren't positive about a lot of things. But uh, my first thing is almost always, well, it's not, you know, what's... You're telling me Obama sucks. Why? I want a thousand reasons. I want you to give me real solid reasons that the economy's bad for you. Have you lost any money? Did you lose your job? Exactly. Did you lose your car? Did you have your family lost their jobs? And I, I'm amazed at people who, when you ask them, oh, how is this economy like really affecting you directly? They just go, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, like, you know, a lot of people at my job, we haven't lost our jobs. We haven't lost our pay. We don't get degraded. We don't lose anything like did you lose your job? Obviously not. Uh, did you lose your house? Well, no. Have you? Did your bills go up? Well, food got, has gone up and gas a little bit, but we're we're fine with that. Um, the genius guy in Big Brother. Yeah. He has. The, he was Australian saying, Big Brother. He, he was saying the same thing this week. Yes. Uh, about how like somebody will say something, but then they won't have any reasons. Yeah, to back it. I don't mind having people disagree with me at all. In fact, I love it because I would be bored if I, I don't want to. Like he wants people. the reasons. Uh, I want someone yeah. to tell me that they have thoroughly thought it through. I can actually say I don't have a strong opinion about our president because I don't do a lot of research. I do know that I don't have a negative opinion because I don't do enough research. That's what I want people to say, and not just sit around a table at a bar or whatever and go like, oh yeah, fucking economy sucks, man, while you're sitting there blowing your cash on whatever. But So I'm just going to say that, quote, it's very easy to hate, it's difficult to love, and don't take that too literally. I mean, it's easy to find the negative, it's very difficult sometimes to, to convince yourself to take the time to find the good stuff. All good things are difficult to achieve. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. You weren't very difficult to achieve, except that I had to wait 30 years and find you halfway across the world. I don't know that I consider you an achievement, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, the bad things are always easy to get. That is true. I think that's true. All right. Do you agree with any of that, I've seen? Um, some of it. Which part? I don't have many opinions on it. I didn't research it. I can agree that you don't <laughs> come up with a lot of opinions. This is true. All right, so um, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, and Pinterest. No. No. My friend this week said, he said it, he said I'm on this website, and it happened to be Pinterest. But the way he says it, I didn't know what it was. His, His pronunciation of it was, didn't sound like it at all. I wish I remembered. Pinterest or something? Something like that. P. No. There was what no does intre- Pinterest mean, anyway? Like, you're, you're pinning, pinning it. things to a board that you're interested in. Okay. Pinterest. That's what it is. I just don't take it seriously because of the name. <laughs> I've, never, I've never used it myself. I've seen it. I don't totally I've, take I've looked Twitter at it either. and contemplated signing up for it and then thought, I don't see the point. Now, I have talked to a couple of people who say they just get lost in it because they go, they find a thing they like interesting, and they go. Interesting. And I do that on Etsy and I do, I that, do that on, on Facebook. I do or... that on IMDb sometimes. I'll get like, oh, what's that? Oh, look at that person. Then look at every movie they've done. So I can see the value in it. It's just that I don't, 
I don't want to get myself wrapped up in another social networking thing. Yeah, because I use Get Glue, and I, why I really like Get Glue is they've got this new thing called um, it recommends things to you based on everything that you've always like. You can check into TV shows, movies, like what Netflix does. Yeah, and then it recommends based on like because a lot of it's to do with TV, and it kind of knows what television I might like. So now it says, "Do you know? Here's what starts tomorrow night." And this this is a prime example. It said, tomorrow night, Family Guy, American Dad, Bob's Burgers, um, Dexter, and The Amazing Race all starts. And we think you would like those shows. <laughs> and it just so happens those are the shows we would watch, right? So I like that because sometimes it alerts me and it goes, here's a new thing, you know, with the guy from Dexter that is you may, show on there? may or may not like. Yeah, I watch Peep Show. Is it on there? Get Glue? Yeah, everything's on there. You can check into anything. Their, their, their database Peep is Show's so, pretty funny. So big. I must can... say, the ones that I've watched with you. Yeah, Peep Show's a British TV series that's been running on Channel 4 for several years. It's on Netflix. It's really funny. You should watch it. So, um, And it's not what you think. No, it's not. No. So, um, yeah, you can email me at aschoolyatasechoolyat.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Stay classy, Mr. Johnny Depp. I'm sure you'll be working with Tim Burton again someday. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little brothers. But you didn't talk you. about that. I did talk about it last week. But you didn't have it. No, well, I ordered it and talked about it. If um, you want I got, to see his, yeah. yeah. If you want to see his new artwork that he bought, it's an art print of a, draw, of a watercolor and drawing of Wonder Woman making a funny face. You have posted it on your Wonder Woman Twitter. making a funny face. Did uh, you yeah. post it on Twitter? I posted it on Facebook. Right, so people who don't follow you can't see it. Uh, no. So then, never mind. But, um, but if you post on Twitter, then if people found you, they could see it. Well, what I like about it is it makes me laugh every time I look at it. It is good. It's really funny. And I bought art, and it's, a, it's in our living room. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I, 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 I can see her right as a face. So we bought two women's faces. It's a quilt, almost three foot by three feet. A woman has drew a digital, all these women's faces, and then she has the color version printed on cloth, and it's real big, and then she hand stitches it as a quilt, and it is, I just, I get lost in it Do you have time. a picture of it? I yeah, have on put it on uh, Facebook. Right. And I will put it on SidTalk.com. I put my witch picture on SidTalk.com. i tell you what, when you do your SidTalk.com thing. Put yours and put that on as I well. I will. Oh, yeah, I will. So you can go to Sid.com to see the artwork. Uh, yeah, the Wonder Woman picture is awesome. I really love it. It just makes you smile. You it can't help but smile. It makes me want to draw more pictures. So I um, like the watercolor element of it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll carry on this podcast. We'll appreciate the art. Just look at it in silence. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. <laughs> She's cool. That's great. This room has lots of art. It does. Yeah. Comic book art, my painting, her painting, Nintendo history of Nintendo handheld gaming art. devices, my poster that I drew. So, um, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, I've said stay classy, so... Arts and culture. And I'm going to say think for yourself, for God's sake, because if you don't do it, someone else is doing it for you. <laughs>